Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here with you. What if I told you that you have everything you need already given to you by God? The Bible says in Ephesians, let me find it here for you. Um, Chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You know, much of what happens in Christianity, people with sincere hearts, people who want to serve the Lord, but there's been a miseducation as to who we are in Christ and to what we have. So it affects everything. If you are waiting for something, and you feel like you're, it's your job to petition God to give you peace, right? God, I'm, I, you know, I'm stressed out. God, give me peace. It's your job to petition God for that. And then when nothing changes, or it feels like nothing changes, you're almost like, well, I've put the ball in God's court. Why is it that I'm not having, is, is the Lord waiting to give me peace? You know, there's so many people who are waiting in the Lord and they find one or two scriptures, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. That word wait isn't just sitting and waiting. That word means like a waiter attends to someone. They that attend to the Lord, they that attend to the word, they that get into his presence and set their eyes and their focus on the Lord, renew their strength. It's not just sitting, hey, I'm just waiting on the Lord, right? Be of good, wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord, same thing. Attend to the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. So we've, we've, had, we've been miseducated as to what's already ours. And so it's, it's filled our prayers. It's filled our uh, uh, faith life. It's filled everything we do. To, it's like we're, getting, we're, we're trying to qualify to get God to bless us. If you found yourself praying a prayer like, God, I'm asking you to bless me with this money. God, would you bless me with this money? Father, increase the anointing on my life. Lord, give me peace. Lord, I need more love. We talked about this in one of the podcasts, uh, I think number 198, already blessed, started talking about this. And so these prayers that we pray that sound like good prayers, man, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not just praying for, we can look at it like our prayers are a step above everyone else's because we're not praying things like, uh, you know, God, um, I need a, uh, I need a new shoes, and we we look at these prayers for things like they're 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 bad things. Bible actually says that uh, God delights in the prosperity of His servant. God actually wants to bless you, right? He doesn't want you to be enamored with things, right? If you have a shoe fetish, He doesn't want you to <laughs> he, he doesn't want you to love your shoes more than you love winning the lost, right? More than you love the things of God. There needs to be uh, seek first the kingdom of God. When the kingdom's first, if you need clothing, if you need, if you need a suit, right, to go, if you need uh, whatever it is, the Lord delights to prosper you. He delights to bless you, right? Um, when we get to heaven, we'll fully understand the Lord's delight. Um, but, but the scripture here, Ephesians 1, verse 3, says that he has blessed, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. That's past tense. So let me ask you, what fits into the category of a spiritual blessing? It says, in heavenly places in Christ. What fits into the category? Would you say peace? Peace of mind is a spiritual blessing? Absolutely. So it's saying that God has blessed us with those things. So what people, what if I told you that you already have what you need? Well, God, I need more faith. Increase my faith. You know, I'm just trying to build my faith. 
I'm just trying to increase my faith so I can receive that. I know I've been blessed with it, but I just need to increase my faith. Would you say faith is a spiritual thing? Yes, it is. How, what if I told you that you don't need more faith? We're going to get into some, um, some warm water here. What if I told you that you can't get any more faith than you have right now? What if I told you that there is no more more faith and less faith? There's only yes faith and no faith, which is not faith, right? There's yes or no. There's not less or more. I'm going to show you this in scriptures. You don't turn off the podcast and call me a heretic. Luke chapter 17. The disciples. That's Luke 17, verse 5. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Does that sound familiar? Lord, give us more faith. Lord, increase the amount of faith that I have. And the Lord said, if you had faith as the grain of a mustard seed, that's the smallest seed, just so you know. If you've seen those, those seeds that they put on top of the Big Mac bun, right? The, the uh, maybe not Big Mac, maybe it's, what is it? Sesame seeds, right? The, 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 is it a Big Mac? Yeah. Y'all, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, those little seeds. A, a mustard seed is about half the size of that. If you had faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. When they said, Lord, increase our faith, he said, it's not the amount of faith that you have. It's that you have faith. The Bible actually teaches that you've been given the measure of faith. There is no less faith or more faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. This is the defense that I'm making, that you don't need more faith. You either have faith or you don't. And, and you have it by knowing Jesus Christ. I'm making the point to say that as a born-again Christian, you have the faith of Jesus Christ in your spirit. You're not trying to get more faith. You're not building your faith. You're not increasing your faith. I'm going to tell you what you are doing when you read the word. This is Romans 12, 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Not a measure of faith. The measure of faith. The measure of faith. How about this one? First Peter, excuse me, Second Peter 1, 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. What is that word, like precious faith? Identical faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. At the new birth, you received faith. You received all the faith you're ever going to need. A couple more scriptures, because I know this goes against what people have been taught. A couple more scriptures here. Galatians 2, 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ. The Bible says we've been justified not by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. That doesn't say the faith in Jesus Christ. It's the faith of Jesus Christ. Inside your spirit right now, as a born-again Christian, is Jesus' faith. You know, when, when you start deciding to believe God for something, this is the progress of what happens. You say, all right, I see in the word that God will give seed to the sower and bread for eating, right? And then we know we've got to have faith. And so we say, Father, I see your word says you'll give seed to sow and bread to eat. Lord, I don't have any seed to sow. I want to give in the offering. Father, give me seed to sow. 
And then what happens? The devil challenges you. Well, it's not going to happen for you. And the first thing he challenges who you are in Christ. You know what type of sinner you've been. You know, and so you have to get a, a a firm understanding that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. That when you got born again, you went from death to life. That it's not a scale of righteousness. You're either righteous or you're not. That you can't be halfway righteous. Someone can't be more righteous than another. It's a yes or a no. You're either willing to say, "I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus." I'm a new creature, or I'm unrighteous and I'm headed for destruction. There's no in-between. It's not a scale. Oh, but you don't know what I did last night. That has nothing to do with your righteousness. Your acceptance of Jesus makes you righteous. Righteousness is a gift from God, the Bible says in Ephesians 2. The Bible says, let's just go there so you can see it. So the devil, first of all, will challenge your righteousness, who you are in Christ. Even Ephesians 2.5, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. And then it says, by verse 8, by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The Bible says we've been created in uh, true righteousness. Ephesians 4.24. Listen to this. And you have put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You're a new creature. So at born at your new birth, you can never be more righteous. There's not, oh, that preacher is more righteous than I am. Righteousness is a yes or a no. And so the devil will challenge that first. And so what do we do? We say, no, according to the word of God, I'm righteous. And then the devil will say, what about what you did last week? And you say, no, I've, been, I've repented and I've been washed in the blood. I'm forgiven. And so you use that, and then you, you, you produce fruit. So the first thing he challenges when you want, want to believe in faith is who you are. The next thing he challenges is your faith. Well, yeah, I mean, that's for some people, but you just don't have the faith for that. And so we spend our time looking at our faith, like, is my faith good enough? Examining our faith. I've spent years doing this. Is my faith good enough? How much faith do I have? You know, I just don't know have, if I have strong faith. I don't know if my faith is enough. Lord, give me more faith. All right, I, re- I, I learned that I can't pray for more faith. I got to get it through the word. All right, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. So let me read the word. Let me read the word. Let me read the word. And the devil's always, people get defeated, not in that they, not in that they uh, don't believe God can't do it, don't believe God won't do it. They, they, get cha- they get defeated and then they think, oh, my faith just isn't strong enough. I wish I just had faith like Smith Wigglesworth. Lord, increase my faith. No such thing. Your faith is not the problem. What is the problem? Unbelief is the problem. The issue is unbelief. I'm going to show you why. Uh, Mark 11, 23. For verily I say, verse 22, And Jesus answered, saying unto them, Have faith in God. The actual direct translation says, Have the faith of God. Your faith is not your faith. Your faith is Jesus' faith. I want to congratulate you for having the same faith that Jesus Christ had, that one of the gifts that God has given you. Philemon 1.6 says, the communication of your faith becomes effective by acknowledging every good thing that's in you. You have to begin by acknowledging, Father, thank you for putting Jesus' faith on the inside of me. Thank you that when you saved me, you, you made my spirit perfect. I'm not trying to become perfect. You made my spirit perfect. It's just what am I 
allowing to manifest in my life. Lord, but thank you, inside my spirit is the faith of Jesus Christ. Inside my spirit is the joy of Jesus Christ. Inside my spirit is the peace of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said to his disciples, he said, my peace I leave with you. Well, I just don't feel very peaceful. You haven't tapped into what's already yours, but take courage. It's already yours because he's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, the Bible says. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Where's Christ? Yes, he's seated in heaven, but he's on the inside of you by the Holy Ghost. Even now, just begin to thank him. Lord, thank you for what you've put. Acknowledge what he's put on the inside of you. Your faith becomes effective. You have to say it out of your mouth. I have the faith of Jesus Christ. Begin to thank him every day. Father, thank you for giving me the faith of Jesus Christ. Thank you that faith is not a problem. So he says here, verse 23, Mark eleven twenty-three. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. What if I told you that you have all the faith that you need, but the problem is not your faith, it's the doubt and unbelief that settled down in your heart? Let me give you another scripture. Mark 9. Actually, let's go Matthew 17. Matthew 17. We know that the... We know the um, story. Uh, people use it when they talk about fasting. Matthew 17, uh, Lord have mer- verse 15, Lord have mercy on my son. He's a lunatic, sore vexed. He falls in the fire. This was a demon that was like possessed the kid, right? Disciples took him to the disciples. They couldn't cure him. Jesus said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. This was after the disciples had actually already been casting out devils. And then he says here, And Jesus rebuked the devil and it departed out of him. The disciples came to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Actually, let me go. Uh, there's two versions of this. There's two, two versions of the story, and they both tell part of it. Jesus came to him. Excuse me. The man came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you can do anything, have uh, mercy on him. Uh, and Jesus said, If you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. And the man said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. See, people have belief in God. I believe the word of God. You believe the word of God. You have all the faith you need. You needed faith to get born again. So you can't say, I don't have faith, because then you can't be born again, because we're saved by grace through faith. And the Bible says, not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Another verse, Ephesians 2.8, that shows us that faith is a gift from God. You receive the faith that you needed. The faith that you needed to be saved is the faith, same faith that needed to be healed. What are you lacking? You're lacking knowledge. Maybe you don't know that it's possible. You've never read in the word that it's possible to be healed. You've never read in the word that it's possible to be blessed. That's a form of ignorance, which is a form of unbelief. So he says here, Lord, help my unbelief. People have faith in their heart, but they have an opposing force, which is unbelief. It's like, it's like two horses, right? You could take a horse, you could strap it to a big tire, and you could have the horse pull the tire. But if you strapped another horse and you had the other horse pull in the other direction, that big tire is not going anywhere because it's an opposing force. Unbelief opposes faith. And so people allow this unbelief in their heart. And, and they never deal with it. So before we wrap up, if I told you, you have everything you need. Now you're asking, well, how do I get rid of unbelief? Well, a couple ways. Mark 9, Jesus, excuse me, Matthew 17, the disciples came to Jesus and said, uh, why could we not have cast him out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. 
See, they had faith. They were like, Jesus, we believe this could happen, but why could we not cast it out? Because of your unbelief. Because I'm willing to bet that they saw this child manifesting, this devil manifesting, and having an epileptic seizure. And they thought, whoa, this one's intense. We haven't dealt with anything like this. And they doubted in their heart. Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you as faith is a grain of a mustard seed. He said, the faith is not the problem. You have the faith that you need, but you have unbelief that you don't need. And then he said, this kind goes on up a pair in fasting. What goes out? That type of unbelief. Unbelief helps with, uh, excuse me, prayer and fasting helps with delivering you from unbelief. But what else is it? This is the main thing, because I want to give you a solution. You, you, you eliminate unbelief through the word of God. Mark 4, 24 in the Amplified says, be careful what you hear. The measure of thought and study you give to the word is the measure of virtue and knowledge that'll be measured back to you. When you virtue and knowledge, when you decide, Lord, I'm putting your word in front of my eyes. I'm not watching CNN. I'm not listening to atheists talk about these things. I'm not listening to doubt and unbelief. I'm not listening to the doctor's report. Yeah, we got to be practical. You know, I know the Bible says we can be healed, but you got to be practical. Chemotherapy is a safer route. Those are words of doubt. I believe the word of God. I believe the Bible. And it starts in your head. Unbelief comes through your senses. When you see something that contradicts the word of God, you don't even allow it to sit. And and we'll talk next time. The next podcast I'll do with dealing with thoughts of unbelief. But I want you to know first, firsthand, you have all the faith that you need. So now let's get on to dealing with the unbelief. We'll see you tomorrow. I love you. We'll see you on the next podcast.